Would you like to count us down? In five, four, three, two. Let's go, Steven. Oh, a song from one of the best movies of the year. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go, Steven. Hear you sing in this seductive tone. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do in my car, believe me. <laughs> really? I mean, it's probably not close, but. That's when you turn the volume up and make it sound like you sound just like him. <laughs> like, like you're blending. Mm -hmm. Let's go, Steven. I think. I only heard this song outside of the movie like once or twice. Yeah, I listen to it a lot. It's a good song. Yeah. Right. Welcome to episode 100 of Santa Mira After Dark. <sighs> Insert cheers. <laughs> Evil dies tonight! Evil dies tonight! I'm Jeremy. I'm Steven. <laughs> and uh, so I guess we have a lot going on for this for episode 100. Um, yes. We're talking about the best and worst of the year. Yes. Uh, originally, uh, we, we plan on doing something different, but uh, that kind of didn't happen. I, th I feel like it's a good idea to get the best of the year out of the way like in the first week of the year, just because. Yeah. I think. By the end of January, people are tired of hearing people's lists, so uh -huh. I feel like it's probably best to get it out of the way. Yeah, because this week I've been listening to everybody's lists of movies and songs. Yeah, no one wants to hear that like in the middle of January, so we just figured. We're we'd, February. <laughs> yeah, we figured we'd do it now. So yeah. Would you like to come inside? So, um, do, uh, is that? <laughs> it, it was, it was that, that scene from X where she, she's like, would you like to come inside? Oh, I couldn't, I thought that was it, but I couldn't really hear it. No. Iconic. X yeah. will appear. <laughs> yes, it, it will. Um, yeah, so I think, um, the, the best way to do this is we're going to talk about, um, well, so we're going to give lists of like some of the worst movies of the year, and then we're going to jump into honorable mentions, and and we're going to do a list of our individual lists from twenty to ten or twenty to eleven, and we mm -hmm. won't really we won't really talk much about them, and then we'll dive into our top ten where we'll get more in depth about our likes and dislikes. Yeah. So I, I mean, if we want to say anything about our like twenty through eleven, we can. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of just a, a free flow. Yeah. We're, we're kind of just talking about movies in this episode. We don't really have a yeah. have a plan, but um, 
Yeah, so we are going to spoil uh, a lot of movies. Uh, like, I don't really have... Like, I don't know what movies we're going to spoil or anything, so uh, feel free to skip around in the episode if you don't want uh, a movie we're talking about to be spoiled or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so the spoiler, spoiler alert is up now for, mm-hmm. for all movies released last year because, um, I mean, I, I kind of have an idea of your list, but I don't know what's going to appear. And yeah. I, I don't know for sure what movies are going to be mentioned and what's going to be talked about. So yeah, it's kind of just a free-for-all episode. Um, so would you like to, to list off some of the worst movies of last year that you uh, didn't like for one reason or another? Yeah, how many do you want? <laughs> uh, you could just name a few. Like matter. five. Yeah, go ahead. Right, it, doesn't so to, it doesn't five? have to be like a bottom five. It just whatever five you think deserves some negative attention, I guess. All right, so of course, Morbius is on that list. Yes. I'm sure it's on yours too. Um, Firestarter. They slash them, my best friend's exorcism, Grim Cuddy, Pray for the Devil, Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Okay, yeah, I actually didn't see a lot of those, but I do have Morbius and Firestarter on my list. Um, I'm gonna squeeze in Weird Al's movie too because it wasn't for me. Although yeah. that one did have a really good portrayal of Madonna. Like, the actress that was playing Madonna was actually really good. Yeah, I agree. That movie's not horrible, but it's, (laughs) like, it's more so annoying and just, like, not for me. Yeah. Um, I do understand why people might like it. I feel like it's not made for us, you know? Yeah. Uh, One thing I do want to mention before we get any farther is that our lists are going to be very biased and more skewed toward the horror genre because that's the... Yeah, podcast we are for the most part. So, um, yeah, but a, a, a few negative movies. Like I said, I have Morbius and Firestarter. Uh, Firestarter has a great score uh, by John Carpenter, and I think his son and his son-in-law. I think that's who mm-hmm. did it. Um, and that's all it has. <laughs> yeah, and the whole time I'm thinking that this score would have been so much better in another Something movie. else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Deep Water, which is a movie with Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas when they were um, a couple. It's uh, mm. it's like Gone Girl, but not nearly as good. Um, Fresh, which I do understand has a lot of fans. So, uh, oh I'm yeah, no, I th- I really liked that movie, but as the year progressed, it kind of fell lower and lower on the list. Yeah. But I still liked it. I mean, I like Daisy Edgar Jones. A yeah, lot. I do too. I do That's too. And, and I, I'm just not a fan of cannibal movies, which is, which goes against what's going to appear later on in my list. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And a couple other movies before we move on. Uh, Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear movie with Chris Evans, it just felt like, uh, corporate Disney nonsense that I just don't like. Kind of like Morbius, I guess. It's just like corporate, you know, like old people in an office are like, let's make a movie. It's funny because that movie was recommended to me this week. And so was Deep Water. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
Good thing you didn't watch those. <laughs> um, we're all going to the World's Fair, which also has a large audience in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Didn't really vibe with me. Uh, I, I don't. I honestly don't really remember much about it. I just remember being bored the entire time. Yeah. And Alex Garland's Men, which is uh, uh-huh. probably my biggest disappointment of the year. One of because I love Ex Machina, and Annihilation is probably in my top. 30 or 40 movies of all time. I, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Men is just annoying. <laughs> it's not a good movie. It um, sucks because it's like one of the, it's really beautifully shot. Yeah, it, it looks very good. It's just the story. It was, suppo- it was supposed to be like the top artsy horror movie of the year because we always have like one or two. Like this year's but, summer. Yeah. But we didn't get that <laughs> out of that movie, unfortunately. No, but thankfully we are very top-heavy in the horror genre this year because there was a lot of horror movies that came out this year that I thought would be my favorite horror movie of the year, and mm-hmm. they're like ranked number 27 on my list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot to throw Glass Onion in my lowest movies. That's not a bad movie. It was just a, a disappointing movie. I kept and, falling asleep. <laughs> and I feel like... I mean... The, the theatrical release would have benefited that a lot for me. Because I feel like if I was in the movie theater... I would have been more immersed. And yeah. whatnot. But it was only in theaters for a short period of time. I didn't get to see it. So we saw it on Netflix. And it just... Yeah, it was uh, a tough one to get through. Like... I, I, I miss when you could go see like almost any movie in theaters. Yeah, but it's like they're so quick to dump it onto streaming, and I, I mean, I feel like that's a smart idea, but if I feel like it's a smart idea if your movie isn't successful, mm-hmm. like now we do have one movie theater around here that's trying to show more stuff, but the two closer ones don't really yeah. show. Is that the one like an hour away? No, it's like a half hour away. Okay. I don't know which one you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, is it the one in Niles? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking of the one in Canton. Okay. Uh, yeah, that one. That one's there too. I don't care about giving the city we live in. <laughs> <laughs> um, if that's what you were trying to hide, I don't really... I don't mind people... Knowing the town we live in. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are the worst of the year. We just wanted to get those out of the way real quick because I don't really like being too negative about movies because it does take a lot of effort to make a movie and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, there are some, uh, you know, Push disappointing cool. films out there. <laughs> um, a lot of people might notice there was not a noticeable horror film on our worst of the list. So, um, oh, yeah. Uh, some might have been looking for two of them. One is not so much a horror movie, but it will appear in my honorable mentions coming up. So, ooh. Um, all right. Yeah. Would you like to dive into some honorable mentions before we get into the top 20? Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So, now some of these really just missed. The top 20. 
I still really like them. I have, spoiler alert, Bodies, 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 Fall, Elvis, Hellraiser, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, My Policeman, Don't Worry Darling, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Black Phone. Okay. Yeah, there's some on there that I thought might have made it into the top 20 that I'm surprised aren't there. Um, yeah. W- were those in any order? No, I was just... They started off in order, but then I kind of went out a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised, especially, like, uh, everything everywhere all at once. Like, I'm surprised that didn't crack the top 20, at least. I know it's going to be on everybody's top. <laughs> yeah. It's on mine, but... uh We'll we'll see where it lands. All right, so my honorable mentions, uh, these aren't in any order. Um, Ambulance, the new Michael Bay movie. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I have been... uh, I think on the episode we did, I thought it was decent. But over time, it's like... I'm like, that was surprisingly like a very good modern-day slasher film. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Marcel, the shell with shoes on. Uh, Hellraiser. Smile, which it, it hurt me to keep Smile out of the top 20. Mm. Um, House, which is a stop motion Netflix film that I highly recommend. Uh, probably, well, one of the best animated films of the year. Um, Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood, which is an, another one of the best animated films of the year. Um, I say Hellraiser. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Vengeance, the BJ Novak directorial debut. Cha Cha Real Smooth. And Rob Zombie's. Oh, said... <laughs> oh, go ahead. You said it with some music to it. <laughs> oh, oh, did I? I didn't, I didn't even yeah. <laughs> didn't even mean to. And uh, <laughs> Rob Zombie's The Munsters, which is. Uh, mm. it, it really hurt me to keep that out of the top 22 because I think that is. Uh, very underrated, sl- or not slasher, a very underrated film. Um, <laughs> that was uh, that was the film I was talking about that I thought people might expect to be at the bottom. Mm. But um, we're not done with that movie yet. <laughs> okay, I guess it's coming back. Um, but yeah, um, it's uh, very. Uh, it 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 it's kind of like Rob Zombie, where it's like you're either. With him or you're not. Yeah. At this point, it's kind of like that, where it's like you're either with this movie or you're not. Um, and obviously, both of us were with the movie, and we do uh, we do like Rob Zombie on this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big fan of his movies. Yeah, there were a few of them in there that, uh, you know, Thirty One and Three from Hell. That uh, see, I even like Thirty One to an extent. I wouldn't watch it every year though. Yeah, I'm just not a fan. But um Malcolm McDowell's in it. With a powdered wig and that makes it worth the watch. Yeah. Um all right, so now we are getting into the top twenty. Um keep in Here's, mind that like when we start to um reveal like plots and stuff. Yeah, we could do that. Um even like the honorable mentions, like I wanna point out that honorable mentions are still very good movies. Uh, this yeah. was a, it was a 
unfair year to rank uh, a lot of uh, you know a lot of movies because I just felt like there were so many very good ones that came out. Yeah, it was a pretty good year for movies. It was a really good year for horror movies too. Like when I saw the monsters, I was like, "Oh, that's going to appear in like the top ten of the year." And <laughs> same with the house and Apollo ten and a half. Like I, I thought those were going to stay in the top ten movies of the year, and yeah. they fell out of the top twenty. So, all right. So now we're going to go through our twenty through eleven, and this will be our. Um, you know, we can kind of start mentioning. More things about them, but mm-hmm. all right. Would you like to list your twenty through eleven? Twenty through eleven. All right. In order from twenty to eleven, I got bones and all. The invitation. Blonde. Nope. Top Gun Maverick. The monsters. Where the Crawdads Sing, Barbarian, Terrifier 2, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Okay, you actually have a lot of movies that I was going to, <laughs> that I have in my 20 through 11 as well. Um, yeah, so my 20 through 11, uh, number 20 is Pearl, and I have Terrifier 2, Prey. Top Gun Maverick, Blonde, The Menu, Nope, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Banshees of of Ine Sheeran, I think it's how you say it. Mm. Some might say The Banshees of Ed Sheeran, I've seen that meme going on. (laughs) But, um, so I want to talk about Blonde for a second, because uh, that, that was a movie that I kind of pushed off. For a while, like I was looking forward to it and it was coming out. And then I heard that it was like this very like dark and like exploitive film about Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I, it took me a while too. Yeah, and a lot of people just said it wasn't good and it wasn't worth the almost three hour runtime. So I watched so I don't know, I was off work over Christmas break and I was like, you know what, I'll put it on and I'll watch it in like two sittings. And you know, as it was going on, I was like, you know what? She's actually doing a great job in playing this character. Yeah. And th- th- that's probably the highlight of the film. And oh, yeah. That was like, that's like an Oscar award performance. Yeah. And like, I, I guess my main gripe with the movie is that. It it's not a true story, yeah. so like it's um. I just don't understand why they picked Marilyn Monroe for this because it's it's not a biopic. I just I don't know why you couldn't create a character like that. You know yeah, what I they could have just made like a blonde bombshell actress, and they didn't have to use a real life person because a lot and, of the stuff that they made up. Is very like triggering. Yeah. And it's like, it's tasteless in a way. Yeah. And I could understand why people, why people wouldn't like it. Yeah. Um, but it, the performances are what kind of dragged me in because I'm like, yeah, she's doing 
like yeah. a, phenom- a phenomenal job at this. Um, I know they did get some stuff right because I was doing research. Yeah, I honestly don't know what's true and what's not. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I, I just don't understand why they didn't put like like just create a blonde bombshell like you said, and it's like. You know, we could we could kind of figure that it's supposed to be Marilyn Monroe, or this character is inspired by her. Yeah, and it wouldn't be as tasteless as creating this character, or creating Mar- Marilyn Monroe to be this, you know, tortured soul. Yeah, but it, it's much like a movie that we're going to talk about uh, in both of our top tens, where it shows like the dark side of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like I don't know, I totally agree with people not liking it. Um, to me, it kind of reminded me of um, uh, the movie Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. Which mm-hmm. is a, I've a seen those. Yeah, the it's a pre- prequel to the uh, TV show Twin Peaks, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it reminded me of that, because it's like, like you, you know where this movie's heading, you know where it's going to go. Yeah. And it's like, just this like, dreadful feeling the entire time that like oh this is going to end badly for her Mm -hmm. and on top of that laura palmer is a blonde bombshell for what it's worth uh yeah yeah um, it it was shot very well it was like it felt like an art project but it was really it was like beautifully shot i liked when they kept switching from like black and white to color and stuff and widescreen too. There's not these, widescreen. There's these very <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> widescreen to not widescreen. Um yeah. Um with these very artistic shots of her with like the paparazzi and yeah. like like photo shoots of her come to life. Uh things yeah. like that. Um like the stuff they got right was like really good. Yeah, and I think that's what's keeping it out of the top ten. Yeah, because like there's there's almost no rewatchability factor in here because I don't know you'd have to be like a sick person to enjoy this on, on yeah on multiple rewatches I guess I know I was um, reading reviews and people were saying oh I saw this twice and blah 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 or I'm like I don't know if I could ever sit through it again but yeah on a yeah. day almost was that was. It was really good performance by her. And yeah. it really could have been like the best biopic or biopic or whatever you call it. Could have been the best one of all time if it was factual and she was playing Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Uh, like if you got even like the same director, he did a great job. Uh, yeah. Even, even if you got, you know, the same crew just to make a realistic story of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. I would have been on board with it too, and it probably would have been a lot higher on my list. But movie, is... yeah, I was getting like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Last Night in Soho vibes from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a much very, dark... very dark. Yeah, a much but... darker version of that. But yeah, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, because at least like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it did a similar thing, but it like changed the ending and made it good instead of made it more tragic than it was. Yeah. Um, 
Another one I want to mention, the Banshees of Inishirin. Um That one I did not see yet. Yeah, I don't want to spoil... I don't want to talk about it too much, but I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, but Colin Farrell has absolutely killed it this year. Like, we're going to bring him back up in a in a yeah. few minutes. But, um, yeah, he... Like, between this and the Batman and after Yang... I don't know if he's anything else this year, but um, yeah, just for like the combined work of those three, like I feel like he deserves an Oscar just for putting on such like three great movies in one year or three great mm-hmm. performances in a year. Like, yeah, he's very good. Yeah. And uh, there's a donkey in that movie, too. And, uh, hmm. you know. I'm not gonna say much about it, but yeah, there's a donkey in there. Um, <laughs> um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, this made your honorable mentions, but it was number twelve on my list. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like I... the 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 love for this movie kind of faded for me a little bit over time, but just to, just like just to see this like original idea like be this successful and play with like different universes and stuff. Like I, I was happy to see something like that. Um, yeah. It came as like one of those multiverse movies that came right around the time Spider-Man did. Yeah. I think it was like a perfect storm of like multiverses being in style for a few months until Dr. Strange ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep, that had that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a movie this year. Speaking of the worst of the year, um, I I half watched Black Adam, and uh, that's the oh, last yeah. time. That's the last time I mentioned this on this episode, but it's not good. <laughs> <Didn't finish> that. <laughs> um, you're another one. Okay. Yeah, I was just about to say another one before we get to the top ten is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. That one literally just missed the top 10 and when i say number 10 you'll you'll know why but oh that was like the best version of pinocchio that i've ever seen yeah and disney had the nerve to release the tom hanks garbage this year a couple months before guillermo del toro <laughs> guillermo, guillermo del toro uh i combined his name and pinocchio in accident um <laughs> A few months before he released his passion, his passion project that he spent twenty years on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it. Speaking of dark movies, it's just a, a dark version of Pinocchio that I didn't even know existed. Um, yeah, it's dark. It still has its um, happy moments too, though. It's a musical. I didn't expect that. And the little boy gets bombed f- fifteen minutes into the movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it 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 looks great, and it could uh, make you shed a tear. Yeah, definitely for sure. Definitely, I had I had a great time watching that. I feel like this is another movie that I wish I could have seen in theaters, but it was in yeah. theaters for a couple days, and then it went straight to Netflix. So, um, yeah, probably. I yeah, I think I would have liked it in the theaters a lot too. Yeah, we got. Ewan McGregor, like, narrating the movie mm-hmm. as Sebastian Cricket. He's yeah. also a character in the movie, too, but he's also narrating. 
Yeah, and he sings that great song at the end after being interrupted many times. <laughs> it was like a gag to the movie where he kept trying to sing <laughs> and yeah. something would happen. Yeah. Yeah, like, just seeing, like, the behind-the-scenes of, like, the making of this movie and how much, uh, how much care went into it. Like, mm-hmm. there were some scenes... Like, they were comparing, um, like, the different types of figures they used... There were some scenes where there had to be like a close up of Pinocchio's face. And instead of zooming in on this little figure's face, they made this they made his head be like Yeah. Four feet tall. Um <clears throat> like just the amount of care that went into that movie. Um Yeah, it's it's great. Um and yeah, whenever you see his name on a project, you know it's gonna be like at least I know you don't like scary stories, but at least they use like all these practical effects and do stuff. Yeah. Like um, that. Yeah, I feel like if he would have directed scary stories to tell in the dark, mm-hmm. it would have been a lot better. Um, yeah. He was he, on my list last year too, I believe, with Nightmare Alley. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, and it's another like, movie. Oh, go ahead. It's like it's it better become this thing where he just releases this incredible movie toward the end of the year each year. Yeah, I don't think he has one coming this year, but um, we better hurry up. Like, like, <laughs> his, like his vibes are just perfect for December. I feel. Yeah. Um, even like um, Pan's Labyrinth, which I do want to do an episode on. It's a, a foreign film, but it's um, it's. It it has those vibes, and Shape of Water does as well. Crimson Peak, like just those vibes are perfect for this time of year. Yeah, um, or like a month ago, like December. Um, <laughs> yeah. So now we are uh, delving into the top ten. So what we'll do from here on out is we'll just do like we'll list your ten, like your number ten. I'll list my number ten, and then you number mm-hmm. nine, my number nine, and we'll. Uh, give some thoughts about it. Um, yeah. If if we repeat movies, <clears throat> we won't obviously won't talk about it in depth t- uh, two times. But um, I'm sure we will repeat a few times. Yeah, judging by the amount of uh, movies that I have left, and I'm assuming that are on your top ten, I think we're going to repeat. Yeah. Many of them, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so delving into the top 10, um, what is your number 10? I put The Cursed at 10. Okay, I have The Cursed at number 10 as well. So, No, it was... I, I almost didn't make it because of Pinocchio, but I watched The Cursed like four times <laughs> last year. Yeah. It was... I mean, we did it. We did an episode on this movie in August, yeah. I think. Um, like when we first saw it, I think we were both off work. We were just bored, mm-hmm. and I think we thought it was a different movie. I think that was what was going on. Yeah, and it like just stuck with me. Like that theater experience, and we were the only two in the theater. Yeah, and. For some reason, this movie just stuck with me, and it's like, well, that was actually a 
very good horror film that I just expected to be, you know, average at best. Because it is, yeah, it is a werewolf movie, but they do so much different things in it. Where, um, like it, it, it kind of reminds me of like the the thing and other movies like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have a, a scene where they're doing the autopsy on the werewolf. Yeah. And, and even like the period piece, like the the setting of like the, I think it's like the late eighteen hundreds. Oh yeah, I love the setting. Uh, like they nail that. Uh, they talk about the beast of Jevedon, which has become, <laughs> uh, uh, for some reason, it became an inside joke because we just laughed at it when they mentioned it in the movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like the the beast of Jevedon is mentioned. Uh, John McBride is the one of the greatest protagonists of the year. <laughs> he is. Um, yeah, I mean, we did a, an entire episode on this. I think it's, I think it's great. Obviously, you mm-hmm. do too because it's number ten. Um, yeah, especially because when you see all the other movies that came out this year, or horror movies, and it's still like a memorable one. Yeah, and I had to even like sit back and think for a second because I'm like. I had the Banshees of Inishirin in my top ten, and I had mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once. And I was like going back and forth between like five movies to put at my number ten spot. And yeah. it, I, I guess it came back to like the rewatchability factor of it, and like mm-hmm. the fact that it's so memorable. I'm like, yeah, I I can't do this movie dirty, and I have to. Um, like, I guess. Just go with my biased opinion and and put that at number yeah. ten. Yeah, I almost put Pinocchio and then where the crawdads sing in its place because both of those are really good too. But yeah, and I mean, a lot of people might see this as like a average horror film, and like I I totally get that because it's not like it's reinventing the wheel or anything. Mm-hmm. But it 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 does do like some original ideas and it plays into um. The um, uh, like the the tributes to the thing in movies like that, it does that very yeah. well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got you can listen to our episode on the cursed um, if you want any more of our thoughts on that film. It's a great werewolf movie. It used to be called Eight for Silver. Um, yeah, I'm glad they changed the name to the cursed. Yeah, I think the cursed <laughs> is just. It reminds me of Wes Craven's Cursed, which is another werewolf movie that's not not nearly as good as this one. But yeah. All right, so number nine. What is your number nine? Number nine, I have the menu. Okay. Yeah, that was uh that was number fifteen for me. Um. Are 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 you? Are, so are we doing it where you talk about the movie and then I'll talk about mine? Yep. Is that how we're yeah, doing? we can talk about the menu for a second. This is okay. another one we also have an episode on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a... Like, it, it, it provides, like, the commentary on, like, uh, you know, like, rich people and, like, food critics and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also like a satire, so it's pretty funny in some parts. Like that yeah. scene, scene where that guy kind of uh, they say something like, "All the men can take off and we'll hunt you," and he just 
sprints and takes off. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anya Taylor Joy is another one that comes up at, at, toward the end of the year with a hit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. She'll For also, a couple years now. She'll appear uh, one other time on my list. Um, probably yours too. Um, but yeah, uh, like memorable performances. Uh, John Lake was yeah. <laughs> John Lake was being like a washed up actor, the movie star. Oh yeah. <laughs> and this, he was invited uh, to a dinner because the guy saw saw one of his movies on his off days and hated it. Mm-hmm. And I said that would be me inviting Jared Leto because of Morbius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like you made me watch Morbius, and I sat through it. So now you're <laughs> you have to die tonight. <laughs> yeah, and and the idea of this chef, uh, just kind of. Know having enough of people not appreciating his work, yeah. And his response is to cook like this dinner for all these people, and then just kill everybody there. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, he's very good. And I think the the trailer probably benefited this as well because I had no idea what this movie was about going in. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't. Like I thought it was going to be another cannibal thing where they were going to be killing each other and eating each other or something like that. And I thought they were going to be chasing each other around the island all night. Yeah. Something like that. Like the, the trailer, one of those trailers that played too many times. Mm hmm. I still had no idea what it was about, but this trailer actually benefited the movie. Yeah. Cause yeah, it wasn't what it seemed. It kind of hit enough. Uh, it wasn't misleading. It wasn't like a Black Christmas uh, twenty nineteen trailer where they gave away the plot twist in the trailer. Yeah, I remember texting you when that trailer came out, and I'm like, they they just put that there's a twist that there's a cult <laughs> in the <laughs> in the in the trailer. Oh yeah. Um. Well, at least they kind of showed it in the first scene of the movie too. Yeah, but I mean, when I saw oh, the though. trailer. I saw the trailer. I thought that was going to be a big plot twist in the movie. <laughs> okay, right. so with the menu, also we still want justice for Felicity. She that, should have lived too. That's uh, the assistant, correct? Yeah. 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 She didn't. She was just a worker. It wasn't like she was taking his work, like the chef's work, for granted or yeah. anything. She should have got her cheeseburger to go too. Yeah, but I do. I do see more people talking about this movie now that it's on streaming too. Yeah, it just came to HBO Max this week. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, were you done with the menu? Yeah. All right. So my number nine is a movie that will probably also be on streaming within the next month or so. Uh, it just came out and it's doing terrible at the box office. It's uh, Damien Chazelle's Babylon. Mm. Uh, starring Margot Robbie um, and Brad Pitt. Um, this was on my weekly recommendation last week as well. It's, it, I mean, it, it's like a, so, so I seen this comparison between this and the movie, the Fablemans and people have said that the Fablemans is a love note to Hollywood and Babylon is a suicide note to Hollywood mm-hmm. as Babylon 
uh, much like Blonde does show like the dark side of Hollywood as yeah it, as it's showing like films progression from uh silent films to what they called uh talkies um mm -hmm. yeah and just you know like careers uh going down the drain due to you know actors getting older or like people not wanting to see those actors anymore which you know we see you know a lot like yeah we see happening all the time with movies tv shows and stuff yeah like even i mean i guess you could say uh i mean i hate to pick on her but like megan fox for example who was everywhere in like 2010 yeah it's like a few years later like she's in nothing um, yeah she was exported like nelly the Roy was yeah, that's a that's a dark side of uh, yeah Hollywood story waiting to be told. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I love Megan Fox though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, and Margot Robbie's great in this movie. Um, mm -hmm. Probably one of her. Oh best yeah, this this might might be her best performance actually. Yeah, she Out she's there with the Suicide Squad. Um. And, well, I didn't see all of her movies yet. Oh, you're talking about the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the first one. Um, yeah, and the Wolf of Wall Street. She's great in that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very unfortunate this movie is flopping because Damien Chazelle is a very, very, very talented director who made. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean. It was just released at the wrong time, and it's one of those movies that is like, um, kind of like a headache and like chaos, mm -hmm. where it's just these wild and crazy things happening through the whole the whole runtime, pretty much. Yeah, like that my the Toby the, the Toby Maguire scene in the sewer. Oh, <laughs> that stuff was like scary. Yeah. Goes from like, oh, we're going into a horror movie. Yeah, like I never felt unsafe with Toby Maguire. <laughs> yeah, and and there's that scene where like they're they're working with sound for the first time, and she's like not hitting her mark. Uh, oh yeah, uh, probably one of the best <laughs> scenes of the year. Like someone dies on the set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the the sound box or whatever is too hot. Yeah. The one the one guy's having a meltdown. She's having a meltdown. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's great. Um, and even like the first 20 or 30 minutes of the movie is just this wild party where people are doing cocaine and it's just chaos through like three hours. And mm -hmm. I had a great time with it. And obviously, um, we're going to bring it up again on this episode because uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember you telling me that you thought this movie was great, too. So I. I'm assuming it's coming up again eventually. Yeah, so. yeah, it's coming up again for sure. All right. Um, all right, so what is your number eight? Number eight for me is Smile. Okay, interesting, because that was an honorable mention for me. And I had to put that so high up there because it takes a lot to for a horror movie to actually scare me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one, it's like, we we did an episode on this too, but it was like such a simple idea, but it's done so well. 
it could have been like, easy. Go ahead. It's like it's just scary. Yeah, it, it could have easily been like this year's truth or last year's truth or dare. Yeah, but and this is like first full length movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I kept totally that in mind too. I was like, that's so good. And then every time I mention it to people or people mention it to me. They say the same thing, like, oh, it was so good, it was scary. Yeah. Yeah. Which everybody uh, is like blown away by it. Yeah. I was actually this is one of those movies where it hurt to cut it out of like the top twenty because I thought it was I thought it was very good. And it surprisingly like like I said, I thought it was gonna be more like truth or dare, but it's like the movie It Follows, which is Yeah. Um uh, you know, one of the best horror movies to come out of the last 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, even though I have it as an honorable mention, I totally get why it's in your top 10. And, yeah. Yeah, and th- and that monster at the end, I, I, I and like that, that, that whole thing where it's like they kill the guy who's, who you think is going to be a hero or like, the next movie or something mm-hmm. kill him and it's like yeah that like just just the balls to do something like that um yeah i think it's very good um and i saw it twice and i felt the same way both times yeah i, I only saw it once but yeah i it's um it's very good and you know had this not been such a Great year for for films. I think it it would have been much higher up. But uh, you have anything else? No. Okay. Let's go listen to our episode on that. I realized that a lot of my top ten we have episodes on already. Yeah, but that's all right. Um, my number eight is X. Um, the first of the Ty West film series that's currently going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was one of those movies where it's an A24 slasher film, which they haven't really done much. Like, their horror movies are pretty much just like these. Um, it's become a cliche, but like they're elevated horror, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like they just kind of um, just go to the basics of just a slasher film. But there there mm-hmm. are like those um like elements in there where uh Pearl, who is an elderly woman in this movie, is jealous of um Maxine, who is a younger girl, because Pearl, um, as we learned from the first movie, is a failed actress who you know, wanted to make it in show business, wanted to be a star. Mm-hmm. And then she sees these kids who show up to make a porno. Uh, which just that whole thing is just hilarious. Like the, the, the whole porno element of it. Yeah. Uh, it, it walks that line between horror and um, comedy very well. Um, Characters in the movie are all likable. Yeah. It, it it's very very tongue in cheek. Like it it, I guess it plays it both ways. Where it it knows it's this dumb slasher, but then on the other hand, yeah. it's like trying to deliver uh, themes and characters you care about. 
Yeah, because um, it could have easily been like Friday the Thirteenth, or for example, where the characters don't really have layers, or you don't really care about them. But everybody in this group of people, they show like their personality and sides to them, where you care about them. Yeah, like Jackson Hole was a war vet, <laughs> and then he with, with a massive schlong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like that shot of him, <laughs> that shot of him, the silhouette shot of him standing in the door, one of the best shots of the year. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But we see him going to help this old man look for his wife. It's like careless acts like that. And then Bobby Lynn is like sensitive to old people too. And the one scene she's trying to help Pearl. Mm-hmm. It ends in up in both of their demises, but we see layers of them that are different. Yeah. And I think this is Jenna Ortega's best movie of the year. Best performance of the year. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen it. No, no, we didn't mention, um, scream. Yeah. Um, unfortunately yeah. it kind of fell under the radar, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if scream was one of those things that it just came out too early in the year. But like that movie, it feels like it already aged poorly. Yeah. And I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess in a couple months, Scream 6 comes out, so we could talk about that more then. Yeah. But, yes. Uh, Scream 5 just seems to have aged poorly. So that will not appear on our list going forward. Spoiler alert. But Yeah. <laughs> but Mia Goth is in this movie, too. She's brilliant yeah also brilliant in pearl which uh, was number 20 on my list um it's it's online too it's still coming and so yes. we're not done with ty west's film franchise yet okay um yeah, yeah i love x and uh i'm assuming this will appear in the future on your list as well very um, soon <laughs> okay all right um, yeah, I think that's all I got on X. Uh, Jackson Hole. I'm still waiting on that uh, sequel or that prequel mm-hmm. of Jackson Hole. Uh, we just in a, a movie called Jackson Hole and Bobby Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, w- I was thinking of like this drama of Jackson Hole serving in the military. He comes back, <laughs> comes back, <laughs> falls in love with Bobby Lynn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. And then right, so, I, don't, I forgot about the character Wayne is hilarious too. Yeah. And it, it's actually like sad when Jenna Ortega is like, I want to be in this porno. And he like. <laughs> Her boyfriend RJ is like, we have seen of him crying in the bathroom or in the shower. Yeah. Oh, I, I got the characters mixed up. I, I was talking about RJ. But yeah, the character Wayne is hilarious as well. Um, yeah, I was I I got that mixed up, and I thought you were talking about her boyfriend. Because Wayne's walking around naked, and then he steps on a nail, and he's like yelling in the in the barn. Yeah, I was just like laughing at that whole scene. Yeah, yeah, like this movie has a great cast. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Um, yeah, we did an episode on this as well, so yeah. Feel free to go back and check that out in the archives. 
All right. So what is your number seven? My number seven is actually X. So we can pretty much move right along. Okay, so that's why you you got in detail about X. Yeah. Okay. So moving right along, my number seven is uh, Luca Guadagnino's Bones and All, uh, starring mm. uh, Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell. Um, and that was at my number 20. Yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a soft spot for uh, films that, you know... Timothy Chalamet. Oh yeah, he he's very good. Uh, <laughs> uh, Paul Atreides himself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just have a soft spot for uh, like road trip movies, I guess, and movies mm. where characters are going on like journeys. And that does like pretty much that's what this movie is. It's yeah. Um, like, it reminds me of Doctor Sleep a little bit. Yeah, that's actually a very good comparison. Um, yeah, because they treat um, cannibals like vampires where they need to eat flesh. Yeah. And it's like a craving. And it's like this love story between two of, of those kind of people, of cannibals, that have mm-hmm. these people. So they go on a road trip of you know, cannibalism, which, like I said earlier, you wouldn't think this would be in my top ten because I... Um, <laughs> I don't like fresh because I don't like cannibal movies. Like, there's something in me that just like even if the movie is like is it, even even if the movie is very well made, most cannibal movies I I cannot handle because I just don't like the idea of them. Bones and all is almost like a classy way of handling it. I th- I think that's what it is because there's movies like like I really like Silence of the Lambs, obviously. Yeah, and even that is more of like a classic yeah. way of doing. I've it. never actually seen that, but yeah, these characters are more like yeah, they're almost maybe because they're more like vampires, or they yeah. seem more like vampires. Maybe that's why it's different. Yeah, than fresh, and like that 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 scene where uh, uh what's her name? Um, her name is Marin, the main character. Like they go to this insane asylum to see her mom. I think that's who it is. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of the scariest scenes of the year. Yeah, and for the most part, this movie is not really a horror film. It's it obviously teeters like the line of like having horror elements because it's about cannibalism and whatnot. Yeah, but it is artsy and it's like a love story kind of. But there's that scene mm-hmm. where they they visit her mom in the mental hospital and she like ate her fingers or something or her hands i think it yeah is. yeah and she's like trying to grab uh grab her daughter or something i forget how it plays out in- entirely but one of the few times uh this year that i actually felt very unsettled with a, mm-hmm. a scene in a, a scene in a horror film this year um it was uncomfortable yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, uh, Luca Luca Guadagnino, he just has to have uh, a scene of Timothy Chalamet with another man in his movies. That seems to be <laughs> his <laughs> his tr- his trademark because he did uh, Call Me by Your Name, which um, I'm here for it. it. <laughs> you know, it 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 um, 
it, it it's kind of a coincidence that uh Timothy Chalamet was in Call Me By Your Name with Army Hammer. And then the next movie that uh Luca and Timothy did together was about cannibals. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, kind of connecting the dots there a little bit, but but yeah, bones and all. It's a great movie that I recommend, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, so, it too. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I forgot David Gordon Green makes an appearance in this movie for some reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um the director of uh, the new Halloween trilogy. Oh, perfect transition. <laughs> I was very, I was very caught off guard to see him in this movie. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I know. He's only in like two movies. Looking at his uh, filmography, and he yeah, I was only, just that too. He only appears in two movies. He's in Bones and All and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Nicholas I saw Cage that movie. Movie. I didn't get around to seeing it, but yeah, I don't know what David. I don't Gordon really recognize him. Uh, David Gordon Green. Yeah, it says he played David Gordon Green, so I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't yeah, really remember that movie too well, though. It was good, but oh, I thought you were talking about In Bones and all. Oh no, I remember him in there. Yeah, because I whispered over to you. I'm like, what the heck is David Gordon Green doing in here? <laughs> <laughs> I guess his Exorcist movie is coming out this October, which mm. should be interesting. Oh, it's not going to be the same, though. <laughs> I mean, he, he even said, he's like, this is not going to be like my Halloween movies. Like, they're totally different movies. So Yeah. All right. So what is your number six? And she said it was a good transition. I'm assuming I know what it is. Number six for me is Halloween Ends. Okay. Yeah, this was that horror movie that I talked about that I thought... Um... No, public service announcement. Even though it's number six, I probably watch it more than my five through two. Okay. Only because I watch Halloween Ends like every October. Yeah, the probably with the other movies. Yeah, yeah we've, talked, we've talked about this movie a few times now. Yeah, we did a ranking episode on the Halloween franchise, and we also did an episode on Halloween Ends in itself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I will... Halloween Ends was number three on my ranking in there, so it was very high up on there, too. Yeah, and I played a song from the movie at the beginning of the podcast, so... So you knew it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be up there. Yeah, um, yeah, we talked about it many times. It's just like such a unique take on this franchise, and I get that a lot of people don't like it. Um, but yeah, just the character of Corey Cunningham is like a controversial addition to the franchise, and I almost wish. Well, I love I do, him. I do wish he was in Halloween Kills, but yeah, it's it's such a I don't know. It, there's really nothing I can say about it that we haven't already said in the previous two episodes. Yeah. But. I love Corey. He's my favorite character. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like the, the, the team-up stuff that they do with him and Michael, I wish there was a little bit more of that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, overall, like, in 
out of the three David Gordon Green Halloween films, uh, this is probably the best looking one. Um, in like instead of paying tribute to Halloween or other slasher films, it takes the risk of paying tribute to movies like Christine. Yeah, and um. I don't know. I, I forget. I forget the the name I'm trying to think of, but it has like a very um, like retro '80s feel. That's like like it pays tribute to movies like Lost Highway and Fallen Angels, which is a uh, just something you wouldn't expect from a Halloween film. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one thing about this movie, it gets the same backlash that the sequel trilogy and Star Wars gets. In the sense that in Halloween Kills, you know, everybody was complaining about that movie. We see like this powerful Michael Myers that's like going after everybody and killing everybody in his path and sick just on a rampage. And then he gets attacked by this mob, but he gets back up and kills them. And people were complaining, oh, how's this old man doing all this? Yeah, and then they give you the old man version. Then they give you this realistic, um, realistic version of him. He's like, he was, he was in a house fire. He was nearly killed by a group of people, and he's elderly now. He's living in the sewer for four years, like hiding. Yeah. So of course he's not going to be the same person he was in. The 1978 movie or the 2018 movie because he's beaten down now. So it's like a realistic approach. And then everybody's mad that we get this version of Michael. It's like disrespectful to him. People said it was disrespectful to James Jude Courtney for having to play that. They felt bad for him. But I liked the um, passing of the torch kind of from Michael to Corey. I kind of wish that Michael would have died at the beginning of the movie and then Corey would have been like the main killer. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I I like the idea that he, that that Michael is like a virus that kind of, uh, since, since since he escaped, like his evil is like taking over the town. Uh, like crime seems to be up and, uh, like suicides are up. And like, like people, like I, I've heard people complain that it's not realistic that the town would have gotten over um, Michael killing a hundred people uh, four years ago. But the, but if you watch the movie, like they they haven't. Yeah, like they're just they say that at the beginning of the movie. Like they're they're handling it differently. Like instead of. I mean, I I don't know what people do. People want the the town to be rioting like year round, searching for Michael. Because like, if they did that, they were complain because they were complaining about the riots and Halloween kills. Because <laughs> like like the, the the paranoia is almost worse. Like they they establish it early on in the scene with Corey and Jeremy that yeah, like people are paranoid that he's still out there and like he's. Mm-hmm. He like he'll kill people, um. Like the the scene where Corey gets locked in the attic, like he's he's scared that Michael Myers is still out there. So like that paranoia is out there. Yeah. Um. 
and the town did not get over it. And no, maybe... they just kind of pushed the fear of Michael onto this hatred of Corey. Yeah, and not only that, but like Laurie Strode herself, like they blame her. Like you, you hear the difference. Yeah. You hear the different stories that people think, like the DJ host thinks that she bullied a mentally ill person until he snapped. So they're blaming mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like it, it's such a unique take for this franchise. The only thing, like you said, you wish Michael would have got killed early on. I wish that this movie would have been, because, you know, longer movies are more common nowadays. Mm hmm. Like, I would have been fine with doing a two and a half hour version of this movie. And, yeah. And there are extra scenes of Michael dragging people into the sewer and killing people. Yeah. And that way, you know, you, you please the people that have come here for, for Michael Myers. Like, you please them. And then you also have this Corey Cunningham story going on. Yeah, because I really like the Corey story. I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I liked his story. I just think I wish he would have lived. Yeah, I do too. They can, all, they can always do movie magic if they wanted to make another movie. I don't really think they should, but they could. Yeah, I feel like they covered their bases by snapping his neck. Yeah. Um, like, I feel like that would have been like that was what kind of ruined it. Uh, like ruined any type of chance that he would be back. Yeah. But yeah, I would. Yeah, I really like the movie. Yeah, I, it's like the, the 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 more I think about it, like we did the ranking a couple months ago. I think that this is actually better than Halloween Kills, which I put above. Mm-hmm. This, so. Yeah, I put it at number three. Yeah, it's along my... with Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, which is at number two. <laughs> yeah, it's I like in my... the unique ones. It's in my top two or three in the franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love the outliers in this franchise where they... Uh... Some of them. <laughs> yeah, so, some of them. <laughs> where, where, where they aren't just, uh, you know, straightforward slasher films. Yeah. All right, so my number six is The Batman. Oh, yeah, we spent um, a long time talking about Halloween ends. <laughs> that's all right. I have like, to defend it. I have it coming up too, so that'll be something we could skip over too. Um, yeah, my number six is the Batman. Uh, it probably would have been higher had it have come out like I don't know. I don't, I don't even know when, but you know, superhero movies are just so common that it's like this movie. Like I'm just I'm just done with it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. This is like a rare exception where they're actually like, um, it, it it it's more like a detective story than it is superhero, and it does it differently. Where Robert Pattinson is playing like a younger Batman, yeah, and, and the Riddler is actually a ser- like a serial killer. It's so, very good. We get like yeah. the best version of Batman with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it's hard to compare because I think a lot of the Batman actors are great. Yeah, I do too. But, and Zoe yeah. Kravitz is Catwoman. Colin Farrell coming back as the Penguin. Yeah, uh, he was really good. And this yeah. movie has that car chase 
which we said when we covered this movie was like the best car chase I've seen. Yeah. Or one of the best car chases I've seen in movies. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And that shot where, um, there's like a wall of fire and Batman walks out and it's like upside down because the car flipped over and mm -hmm. they're seeing Batman walk out of the fire or whatever. It's like, Oh, <laughs> and like, just, I mean, they kind of did it in Batman vs Superman, but like a fear that Batman brings to Gotham is like, I think they, I think they do that great. Like it, it's like, it's oh yeah, at the beginning of the movie when they show stuff going on and then they show like the shadows, you're like, oh, yeah. he could be in any shadow in the city. Yeah, it's like just the thought of him being here terrifies these criminals. Yeah, and like that opening montage of like Gotham just in shambles, <laughs> like it, it's it's hilarious, but it's great. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, this version of Gotham is pretty much New York City, Manhattan, yeah. whatever. But I really like it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of like a grounded um, Batman, as opposed to the Zack Snyder Batman universe that kind of, um, you know, has more supernatural elements, obviously, because Superman exists and whatnot. Yeah, and even in this movie, when they you know, you gotta you gotta plant seeds for a sequel in your superhero movies all the time. But in this one, it's like it's done in like a really cool way. For for the most part, it makes sense in the plot. Like, yeah, they don't um, rely on oh, what's coming next to be like the main plot or like the side plot. Like oh, I can't wait to see these characters appear next in the next movie. Yeah, that's, it, that's one of the issues I have with a lot of the Marvel movies, and that's why I kind of have given up on them for the most yeah, part. Me, yeah, me too. Unless it's, it's like... unless it's Spider Man, I'm gonna go see that. But other yeah. than that, I kind of have given up because I'd rather just focus on the story we have in this movie than what's coming next. And I think yeah. that the Batman's really good at focusing on what we have now. Yeah, it, it's it's not like um, it's, it's not like they show like Mister Freeze doing something, and it's like, well, we'll see him in a couple of movies. Yeah, and I got I don't know other Batman villains, or like, hints hints that Harley Quinn has been here. Yeah, or <laughs> she's like, gonna appear in two movies from now, or like you know, there's like the Court of Owls in the sewer. Like they don't hint at that. Yeah, it, it it's. Not as simple as it, but it brings it back to the time where, like, the ending of Batman Begins was just Commissioner Gordon telling Batman that there's this guy out there and he's like a terrorist and he leaves these Joker cards sitting around. Like, it brings me back yeah. to something like that, where so, yeah, so they're very simple, simple, a simple tease to what's coming next. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do see the Joker, uh, to an extent. But yeah. But yeah, I think it's done very well. And the something in the way montage at the beginning of the movie is perfect. Like uh, Paul Dano playing the Riddler who uses like his social media, <laughs> to whatever app that is, to, to kind yeah. of get, get people to 
uh, commit acts of terrorism. Mm -hmm. uh, it is very prominent to things that go on today. Um, yeah. But um, Robert yeah. Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz have excellent chemistry, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, really not much more to say about this. It is yeah. uh, probably the best superhero. I mean, honestly, I think it's my favorite superhero movie of all time. Um, it's up there in my top five or four. There's, there's something about it I like more than I like, like Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, it, it's definitely up there in the all time rankings, I think. Mm hmm. I agree. But... All right. So, what, uh, diving into the top five, what is your number five? And again, my <laughs> number five is the Batman. So, okay. <laughs> okay, we just talked about it. So, moving on. <laughs> uh, my number five is Halloween Ends. <laughs> we just talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we flipped in those two. I had Batman at six, yeah. Halloween at five, and you had vice versa. So, mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. And I'll All probably right. watch Halloween ends more, obviously, but yeah. And I mean, the one thing I don't like about Bat the Batman is that the runtime does feel a little bit too much mm -hmm. to, to to an extent. Um, like the, the three hours, uh, kind of like Babylon. It's it's kind of pushing it. But I mean, see, I don't really feel the runtime in Babylon. There's a couple movies in my top four that are up there. Yeah, speaking of three hours, we got one coming up too. <laughs> I have two. <laughs> I have I have three movies in my top ten that are three hours long. <laughs> yeah. Um, and two that are two and a half. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So diving into the top four, uh, what is your number four? Now, this is where it got difficult, because my four through one, they're all, like, very different. And I, was, I don't know which one is my favorite out of these four, but number four, I put The Northman. Okay. I mean, once you get into the top four, it's like, you know, like, when, when you have this many movies to talk about, it's like, they can, yeah. kind, of, they can kind of flip and flop. So, if The Northman, you said? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. The, the um, excellent Viking movie. Yeah, uh, Robert Eggers' first mainstream film, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's... I always love his work. Yeah, he's just... It's, it's such a well-crafted movie. I feel like the trailers... You know, kind of gave people the wrong impression into thinking this was like a straight action movie. Yeah. I figured it wouldn't be because I already knew him from The Witch and the Lighthouse. Yeah, I mean, so if, if, if you I know... was expecting more, pretty much what we got, because we get the that aspect of it too, where it's like the trippy scenes and stuff. Yeah, it's like if if you know what you're getting into, obviously. Yeah. We, knew, we knew this was Robert Eggers. So we prepared. We did an episode on The Witch the weekend. This movie came out. Mm -hmm. um, now this movie was marketed a lot when it came out because I was seeing like trailers on TV all the time yeah well this was Robert Eggers first mainstream film like it, this cost like 60-70 million dollars to make as opposed to like his earlier films which have probably maxed out at like 10 maybe mm -hmm. um, 
he has said that um so i mean i i've i've heard it both ways so i've heard that he hated working on this movie because the studio kept interfering yeah like and i don't know if it was like damage control cuz then he turned around and said that he liked the challenge of making the movie that the studio was trying to get him to make so it might have been a little bit of damage control mhm but it's just interesting that even though he had like this creative trouble behind it he's still able to deliver one of the best movies of the year um yeah and he does this thing where he did it in the witch too where he um kind of gives you like a realistic example of what the history was at this time Mm-hmm. So it's like you get like these Viking chants and like these ceremony things, and you know, like what they're saying doesn't make sense to us because it's in a different language and whatnot. Yeah. But just the vibes. I mean, it's like done so well and mm-hmm. shot shot so well. Um, just that 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 scene where he's a part of like some. Uh, he, he's a part of that first group and they like rip through this village and like slaughter everybody and they light yeah. on fire with the kids inside of it. Like it, this awesome. movie, it, it, it's so like brutal and just raw and yeah, I love it. And it's going to, it's going to appear on my list as well going forward, but. That was yeah. really good cast too. Yeah. Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Taylor Joy, uh, Ethan Hawke makes an appearance. <laughs> He's in a little bit. Yeah, and like the brutality of like the one guy getting his nose ripped off. Yeah. Um, Willem they, Dafoe they... was in like every trailer for this movie. His role's kind of like small, but they showed him in like every trailer. It's like one of the well, four. This was, this was like three or four months after Spider Man, so he was like. Hot at the time, so yeah, you had to the, show that the Katie Cassidy effect, yeah, that one Hopper Street remake, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, I mean, like, like, just the, the, the whole plot of like, um, Alexander Skarsgård's father getting murdered by his uncle mm-hmm. and then kidnapping his mom, and he goes, oh. he goes through this like lifelong journey kill his uncle and save his mother and then he gets there and it's like just, heartbreaking <laughs> big, plot, big plot twist of the movie so feel free to skip ahead if you don't know um yeah he gets to his mother and his mother had his father killed and he she she did it so that like the uncle could be in power and like that's only who she wants to be with is somebody in power yeah and then she tries to seduce her son because like different time period i guess yeah and, and she's like well you can kill your uncle and then i'll be your wife and it's like th- th- uh, no <laughs> <laughs> this woman <laughs> yeah just yeah like she's like the shadiest character of the year <laughs> yeah like a like a, a heartbreaking turn um yeah it's it's great i've actually seen this movie uh two two and a half times i think since it came out mm-hmm um, I actually watched it last, like half of it yesterday afternoon. Just I, I put it on and I kind of did other things. But... I only saw it the one time, and I still, it's still very memorable. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm very interested in uh Robert Eggers Nosferatu, which I guess is shooting uh early this year. So. I need it ASAP. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh Bill Skarsgård is in that movie, so. Yeah. Other reason I need it ASAP. Yeah. Um the Skarsgård family is great. Yeah, I I almost didn't recognize Alexander Skarsgård because he's in the movie Infinity Pool coming out later this month. Mm-hmm. And I saw the trailer and like, just cause I love the Northman so much, I associate him as being like this ripped guy. Mm-hmm. And he really only is in that movie. <laughs> I saw him in true blood. So I, so yeah. Okay. He plays the, um, this ripped vampire, ripped mysterious vampire. Okay, so he does have a history of being ripped. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, speaking of the Skarsgård family. Yeah, they, they keep playing... Um, They play vampires a lot, actually. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Those Skarsgård and Nosferatu, that would be a second time. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was his first vampire? Um, Hemlock Grove on Netflix. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, speaking of the Skarsgård family, my number four is Barbarian. Mm. Um, uh, my favorite horror movie of the year. Uh, as much as I love Halloween Ends, like no movie this year has scared me as much as Barbarian. Um, we did an episode on this as well. Uh, yeah, first time director, I believe. Um, Bill Skarsgård is playing like this. Um, you know, average guy, but it's like just because it's Bill Skarsgård, you don't trust him. So they play with that a little bit. Where I thought it, I thought it was very charming. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, Ge- Georgina Campbell is great as the other protagonist. Um. Uh, Justin Long is great playing. Not like, as a protagonist. Yeah, not, not as a protagonist. <laughs> um. Yeah, and just like. The, the the tonal shift that they have, like multiple times throughout the movie. Um, I know we really needed it when Justin Long's character AJ is singing in the car. Yeah, because that's when the movie starts going crazy. We needed it because, yeah, everything was crazy, scary, uncomfortable. Just before that, I'm like, oh my god, I can't. And then it's like, oh, here's yeah, Justin Long. Can't handle it. <laughs> Once we did that, it's it's almost like uh, like a breath of fresh air for a second. Yeah, like you're taking. Until a break. you find out that this character is trashy. Yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, never mind. Yeah. Just go back to singing. And then we get the other switch with when they go back in time and show us Frank. Yeah. Uh. Uh. What, what's his name? Uh. Richard Brake. Yeah. And he's scary in his own right. Yeah, he's another person that just gives you the vibe that you don't trust him. <laughs> and that's just... mostly thanks to Rob Zombie. From what I've seen of him. Yeah, I mean, he also plays um, uh, Joe Chill in Batman Begins, who plays uh, or who kills Bruce Wayne's uh, parents. Mm. Oh, yeah, so see. Yeah. You just don't trust him. He's um, 
Yeah, and he has this big history of where he kidnaps women and then, you know, like his town, um, I guess it's in Detroit, I think, is like, mm -hmm. like everyone's moving out because it's getting run down or it's going to be run down. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay here and I'm just going to dig tunnels in my basement and kidnap women and impregnate them and then impregnate the kids and then impregnate the kids' kids. Just a, yeah, just a horrible. Yeah, he's horrible. terrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and just like these monsters down there, like, well, the the monster, I should say. Um, as the mother, she's like, I guess, like they say, it's like a copy of a copy of a copy. Mm -hmm. And there's some like. So I wonder what happened to the rest of them. I don't know. I always assumed they were down there because she is watching like breastfeeding videos and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming they're down there because don't they say something that she isn't even the worst one? Yeah, I thought they were talking about Frank himself, but I wasn't oh, okay. sure. Okay, that could be. Um, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's uh. Almost like the descent in like suburbs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It was um, um, kind of like the malignant of the year, too. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. It's, um, yeah, just the, the, this wild, bonkers horror film. Mm hmm. But yeah, we did an episode on this as well, so feel free to check that out. And in my top three, we haven't done episodes on, so those will be all fresh. Well, kind of, because we did talk about one of them already, but yeah. Um, all right, so diving into our top three, uh, what is your number three? This part got really tough. <laughs> number three, I put Babylon. Okay. Yeah, we we, so we uh, discussed that a little bit already. Yeah. Uh, there's like, like, there's so much. So much fun about this movie, even though it has its dark moments too. I like that they had the comedy stuff in it too. Like Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie are hilarious. In parts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, like And like then in other parts it's just like it's soft, it's just tragic. I know we yeah. already talked about some of our favorite scenes. The other one I really liked at the end. When the surviving character is at the movies, and then it's like we get this tribute to film, and they start showing a bunch of scenes from a bunch of different movies throughout history. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's great as well. Like, like oh, that scene's done so well. Because I think the movie ends in like nineteen forty something, mm -hmm. and it's like. Yeah, the survivor is watching a movie in the theater, and then it leads to like a tribute to future films. Like yeah, we the see, we see is like just tribute of a ton of different stuff that come out over the years. Yeah, like Terminators in there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just a lot of like I think Jaws is in there. A lot of like you know they're paying tribute to films. So yeah, I thought that was yeah. great. Um, 
yeah, I mean, we don't really have much more to say about that that we haven't already said. It's just like that's like an underrated gem. The the chaos and like the adrenaline rush <laughs> that this movie is is just great. Yeah. And I hate that it flopped because uh, I don't know it. It like the last I heard is it needed two hundred fifty million to break even, and it made like six million or something like that. So. Yeah. Oh, even when you look at Damien Chazelle's movies, from the ones I've seen, I think it's my favorite one. Um, I mean, I've only seen three of them. They're very difficult to rank because La La Land is great too. Yeah, Flash is great for different reasons than the other ones. So, mm-hmm. and you know, we have a <laughs> we have First Man in there. Yeah, that one's not that good. Um, all right, so my number three is Avatar The Way of Water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, probably the it's best. Another, another three hour movie that didn't feel like it was three hours. Yeah, just. Uh, the... I could have sat there for five hours. Don't don't test James Cameron. <laughs> the, 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 the current runtime for Avatar 3 is nine hours. He wants them to to do the special effects for all nine hours, and then he's mm. like, I'll, I'll, he's like, I'll cut it down from there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. That's supposed to be coming out in twenty twenty four, I think. Mm, so, okay. but I don't know. We'll see. Avatar two was supposed to come out in two thousand twelve. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, um, just. Probably the best blockbuster of the past, I don't know, 10 years, maybe more. It's just a, like a, the, the best looking movie that I've seen in a, like probably ever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, a lot of people complain about the frame rate changing and I thought it was like, I, I thought it was fine. Um, we saw it in 3D and there was a point where somebody sat up in front of me, stand up and I thought they were part of the movie just because the movie the movie was looking so real to the point where it felt like you could reach out and touch the stuff that's going on. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and just like the emotional aspect of it where like the villain from the first movie comes back and he is now uh, one of the blue people. So like they don't need the equipment to, um, to breathe on this planet. Uh, yeah. adds, adds a layer to it, and then uh, they 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 kind of rip through this. Uh, they kind of rip through Pandora, and then it's like the Sully family is like, all right, we gotta we gotta take off, and we gotta hide amongst the water people. And then it's like the the drama that causes where they're trying to fit in with them, and like I I like that. Um like we're exploring other people in this on this planet yeah because in the first movie like i just thought like this was it but it's like no there's different types of people on this planet like there's water people the next Mm -hmm. movie next movie they're supposed to do fire so Mm. uh, i guess in avatar 5 they're supposed to visit earth so we'll see how how that goes 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked the characters in this movie. Yeah. I um, thought um, Jake Sully's kids were all great. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, what more can I say about it that hasn't been said? It it's just like a a masterpiece to look at. Um, mm-hmm. I actually saw it twice. Okay, yeah, I only saw it once. And I saw that, it in 3D, and then I saw it in regular. Does it actually like like lower the quality of it when you don't see it in 3D? Tiny bit, but. I think I liked it in 3D better because the way it just felt so smooth. Yeah, like the frame rate. Yeah. Yeah, and like that scene where uh, they end up killing uh, one of Jake Sully's kids. Ugh. Um, yeah, it's it's rough. And like that, that whole thing where they're going through the uh, what is it, like that ship in the water. Yeah. It's like like just... The anxiety I get from just them being like swimming in the water and like, yeah, it's just yeah they had the nerve to kill my favorite character. <laughs> yeah. Um. Speaking of characters, let's defend Spider for a quick second. Oh, okay. Because everybody says he's terrible. They hate him. Okay. I don't. I understand. I mean, it was questionable to save save him at the end like that. Only save his dad or like the version of his dad. But I get it because it's it's complicated. It is. The, char- the character himself is complicated too because we see he's like he's not really one of them, but he doesn't feel like he's human either. Yeah, but it's also like his his dad is one of the Navi, so yeah. like that's complicated too because he saves his yeah. dad, who is also now a Navi. Because th- they also do a good job of kind of setting up the new one. Like if if you didn't see the first one, you kind of get caught up. Um, and they establish that uh, the the colonel was killed in the previous movie, and that he's now a yeah. colonel. Yeah. Uh, with, I wasn't expecting, but yeah, like we kind of need him for future movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's a complicated dynamic because it's like his dad is like killing the people that he grew up with because he was left on this planet. Yeah, but but then he also doesn't really have anybody that's considered his family. I know they kind of adopted him. Well, at least the dad did. I know the mother didn't like him yeah never really did it's like a yoda situation <laughs> <laughs> yeah they tr- she treated him bad and then it's like speaking of why is it surprising that anakin turned to the dark side yeah speaking of i see people like blowing the actor too i don't do that like let's not <laughs> let's not go if you don't like the character that's fine but let's not say Oh, he did a terrible job. He, it was a terrible performance, and they're criticizing like his appearance because of his hair and stuff. I'm like, yeah. can we not? <laughs> Let's not bully actors off of social media or anybody yeah. really. But because he did, he did not do a bad job. Like people are saying, I thought he was fine. 
it's just the character. But even then, I don't think the character was bad. I thought he was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, bullying people off social media for a character they played is... Uh, like, stop doing that. <laughs> strange, strange behavior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, did you right. like it better than you liked the first Avatar? Uh, I, th- I think so, because the first one... Maybe it's recency bias. First one is... I mean, like all the critiques are like it's just a, a remake of like Pocahontas or something. So I do yeah. understand. I do understand that. Um. Yeah. So I mean, the second one does like it, it looks better, obviously, because it has you know, thirteen years of technology yeah. behind it. Um, and the, the plot is more original, even though it's not the most original plot in the world, but um. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I like the second one a tiny bit more than I like the first one. Yeah, me too. But, um, yeah. All right, so diving into the top two, I think I know what your number two is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, go ahead. My number two is actually Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, could you? Because we talked about it a decent amount, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you like to talk about it again? <laughs> no, I think I got everything. <laughs> okay. All right. So my number two is a movie you haven't seen, uh, Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, uh, which, like I said earlier, uh, I've seen comparisons to Babylon, where The Fablemans is a love letter to cinema, and mm-hmm. ba- Babylon is like a suicide note to cinema. So uh, the Bab or the Babylons, The Fablemans <laughs> is is like a. Uh, like a, a fabricated autobiography of Steven Spielberg's life. Um, like it's not entirely his life, but it's, it's like the first time this kid goes to the movies, he sees like a, uh, a a train wreck in the movie that he watches. I forget what it is. So he goes uh-huh. home and he's like, I need to, like I want a camera for my birthday and I have to film my toy trains crashing into each other to, and there's a lot of like family drama in here as well that I don't want to spoil, but um, yeah, I plan on seeing it soon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure it'll get nominated for an Oscar, so yeah, um, yeah, it, it's just the coming of age story of Steven Spielberg in a more fabricated um manner than what how it actually happened, but yeah. Yeah, like the ending. Um, like I said, I don't want to spoil it because you haven't seen it, but the ending of it, um, it's, I, I don't know how to explain it without spoiling it or any, but in, in any way, but it's just a, like a very, um, interesting and well done transition from the life of, of Steven Spielberg into, um, you know, a, a director or a writer. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much. But yeah, there's a lot of family drama going on, uh, and a lot of like this kid growing up and learning like these different ways to make films. And it, it kind of reminded me of Licorice Pizza, um, in in the way that it's like this kid learning how to do different things. Mm-hmm. Except here, it's like this kid learning like different ways to make movies. Like he does them for like school projects. And like when he's a senior in high school, they 
uh, depend on him to make like a tribute to the class or whatever. Um, just things like that. So, yeah, I'm gonna watch it pretty soon. I'm assuming they'll do like a movie theater rollout when, when or if it gets nominated. Yeah, they they usually put like the best picture nominees back in theaters in February and March. So yeah. All right, so you're. Wait, did did you give your number two? Mm-hmm. You said yeah, Avatar. Okay, gotcha. Um, all right, so now we are at the final film, our favorites of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your number one? My number one is Pearl. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Interesting how my top twenty started with Pearl, and your number one ends with Pearl. <laughs> is Pearl? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is Pearl. Yeah, this um, I I already said when we did the episode that it's a masterpiece. I still agree. Yeah, it's. And then I already knew it was going to be at the top when I saw the movie, or at least I didn't know it was going to be number one, but I knew it was going to be like at least in the top three. And then yeah, I keep seeing the scene all over the internet of her screaming at the projectionist. I'm a, I'm a star thing. Yeah. And like the scene. Like, I the... thought you liked me. What did I oh, do wrong? Oh, what yeah. changed? I was like, this is brilliant. And then you was... think you think of her monologue. Yeah, the like the six minute monologue and at the dinner yeah. table. And her meltdown. Yeah, when the I'm a star part. Yeah, she and... didn't get the part. Yeah, and like that dance number, done great. Like you, you see, like she thinks her dance is with like the soldiers in the background. I love and, it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 great. Um, yeah, M- Mia Goth, like obviously. I, I'm curious if she's going to get a nominee for best actress. Um, probably not, but I think she should. Yeah, I feel like she won't just because if Tony Collette didn't get one for Hereditary, I don't think we're I don't think Mia Goth is getting one. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I think she should. Um, but yeah, she's she's great in this movie, and I'm excited for Maxine. And mm-hmm. like, it's between, like both I, movies did a good job. They, you know, Pearl's like she even says it herself she's not a good person. And she has flaws, but they really make you sympathize with her. Like yeah. in this movie, her mom basically puts it in her mind that she's going to fail this audition and she's going to be nobody. And she yeah. like can't let that go. So it's kind of what happens. Like she yes. really does stuck on the farm because of this like mental abuse from her mom. Yeah, and she says like I I, I can't die on this farm. And then you yeah. cut, you cut forward to X, and she literally dies on the farm because she's, <laughs> yeah. she's spent her whole life here. And that that scene where um, is is it her sister in law or somebody that gets the the role? I think that's what it is. Yeah, Mitzi. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mitzi gets the role. Well, I mean, I guess it's up for interpretation if she got the role or not. Uh, Pearl thinks that she got the role. Um, yeah. 
That's like a lose lose because there's this the scene. She says she got the, she didn't get the role. She's like, don't lie to me. And she's like, all right, yeah, I got the role. Why does everything could happen to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a lose lose. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's like just I don't know, like that that scene where she chases her out out of the house with the axe. Mm-hmm. Like that's up there with like Barbarian and that scene in Bones and all. Yeah, as like, as like one of the scariest um, scenes of the year because there's like no music playing in that scene, um, just like silence as you see her walk up to her with an axe, and it, something about it just creeps me out. I don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> the ending too, when her dead parents are at the dinner table and Howard comes home from war. Oh yeah, and he walks in and just sees this is first sight. Yeah, because her, her smile through the credits, and the, the the pig with the maggots on it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's like yeah, her I, smile. I, there's so many layers to it. She doesn't even have to say anything, and you just see like she's trying to force herself to be happy in this new reality, and it's like a desperation. And she's like crying. Yeah. And she didn't even have to say anything. And she's had the smile and it just had a bunch of layers to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the reason I like X more than this is because I think X has more rewatchability. And because mm-hmm. X is more of like a fun movie and it has a lot more horror in it than. Yeah. And Pearl does. <clears throat> but. Oh yeah, we made that comparison too. Because X is, it looks dark and dreary, but it's like more upbeat and funny. And then Pearl looks light, like everything's bright and vibrant, but the yeah, mood's a lot darker. It's Technicolor, yeah. It, yeah. it it looks it even looks of the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's very good. Um. I only saw it once in theaters. I do want to get around to, re- to rewatching it. I want mm-hmm. maybe when Maxine comes out, which I guess is supposed to be sometime this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll watch Pearl and X back to back, and then go see Maxine or something like that. Yeah, I wonder how I would watch them though. Yeah, I don't know. Watch them in order of release, or in order of time. time. Because, you know, I like to watch Star Wars in timeline, but then this one, I feel like, release is better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it, it's kind of different because Pearl is not the main character of X. Yeah. But then when you watch Star Wars, like, the first six movies <laughs> are, are essentially Anakin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it does make sense to watch. I know I got yelled at for watching those in, like, movie, movie order instead of release order. Like, my bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I like watching them in that order, too, so. Yeah. All right, so my number one is a movie we already talked about, uh, Robert Eggers' The Northman, which... Mm-hmm. This is the second year that happened in a row where my number one is lackluster because we already talked about it. But 
yeah, I, we covered our bases on the North Man. It's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. And Robert Eggers is incredible. And oh, yeah. Speaking of Star Wars, the finale, like the final fight with the fire. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk the about volcano. that. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it, it very much is reminiscent uh, to Revenge of the Sith um, with the, like, the, the lava because they're fighting in like a volcano. Mm-hmm. And even when I was watching it in theaters, I was like, yeah, this is uh, a lot like Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. But... At least Olga made it out. <clears throat> yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy, we haven't even talked about her. Uh, yeah, she's... Is that, who's, is that who she plays? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's just like a master class of uh cinema i guess like with mm-hmm. um like they, they have that shot with like the family tree or something yeah and it's like kind of symbolized that I, I from what i remember i think it symbolizes like that they're having children i think that's what it's going for yeah like that's done very well too so all right so that was cinema our... greatness <laughs> yes all right, so that was our best movies of the year. Uh, like I said, it was kind of unfair to rank these because there were so many good movies to come out last year. Mm-hmm. It was difficult. So, uh, Would you like to recap your top 10 real quick? Yeah, 10 through 1. The Cursed, The Menu, Smile, X, Halloween Ends, The Batman, The Northman, Babylon, Avatar, and Pearl. Okay. All right, my top 10 from 10 to 1. The Cursed, Babylon, X, Bones and All, Batman, Halloween Ends, Barbarian, Avatar, Fablemans, and The Northman. There's a lot of similarities in there. Yeah. Some some unique differences, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... All right, so uh, next week on the podcast, we are doing... Well, first off, I don't think we have to do weekly recommendations because we just recommended... Like our top 10 movies. <laughs> 90 movies, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, next week, we are putting on an episode on Friday the 13th, um, if you're unaware. Every Friday the 13th, we drop a new episode on... Um, Friday the 13th film. So, uh-huh. um, we already yes. did, we, we did <laughs> two, three, and Jason goes to hell. So, yeah. I have a spinner up that will pick the next movie for us. Did uh, you just put them all on there? Yeah, I put them all on there except for two, three, and Jason goes to hell. Okay. So. All right, I'm going to spin the wheel in three, two, one. Spinning, and it is the original. Yikes! <laughs> what a what a lackluster roll. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to do yeah. a race now. No. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to? Just to see what it lands on. All right. If it's something better, we'll pick that one. <laughs> We're cheating on the re-roll. 
we're cheating on the rolls, so is Freddy versus Jason. Hmm. <laughs> no, I like that one, but it it don't matter either way. We'll put a poll up on the um on our stories. There you go. Because I guess we don't really feel like doing the first one. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if we let, have to, we we will. But let the listeners decide our fate. Yeah. If we want to be miserable or not. No. <laughs> I don't like Freddy versus Jason either, so. <laughs> At least that all one's right. fun. Alright, so. Uh, I think that's all I have for this episode. Do you have anything else? No, I don't think so. Alright, yeah, so next week we'll do one of those two movies. Um, <laughs> want to follow us on social media? You can. On Instagram, we are at Santamira After Dark. On Twitter, we are at Santamira AD Pod. Through there, you can find our personal social media accounts. And please rate and review wherever you listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for listening through uh, 100 episodes. I know the first yes, first 20% were rough. <laughs> There's since been lost media, or some yeah. of them have been. <laughs> yeah, some of them have. But... All right, so until next time, I'm Jeremy. I'm Steven. And curfew is now in session.